You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Dagger of a jaunty. For what reason? For the golden child. He does not need it. To save his life. The child lives for our sakes, not for his own. I humbly beg you, let us have the knife. Let him ask it. again. I want the knife. I want the podcast to begin. <laughs> Your wish is my command. It is now beginning. Sound like Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Not anything from this. Welcome back, everybody, on our second part of our Eddie Murphy icon of the 80s twofer as we cover The Golden Child here on 80s Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris, and with me as always, my golden producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Say it again. <laughs> yes, I am. Very nice. Golden yeah, Child. Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, Golden Child. One of the fabled releases of the greatest year in 80s cinema, arguably 1986, December 12th of that year. IMDb gives it a 5.9. Rotten Tomatoes, 26% critics. Much better with the audience, however, at 47%. Uh, $25 million budget, $12 million opening. Domestically, it grows 79.8. Uh, couldn't find any worldwide figures, but Reynolds, it turned in an additional $39.7 million. So mm. it made its money back. Still was a, a box office hit for Eddie Murphy, although a very different type of film for Eddie Murphy. At this time in his career, mainly just straight-up comedies or you know comedy action, but always very uh, grounded in reality mm. for the most part. Uh, this was directed by Michael Ritchie. Uh, he did some other great uh, 80s comedies such as Fletch and Wildcats. Uh, it was written by Dennis Feldman, whose only other thing of note that he ever wrote was he blessed the cinema world with the Species series and Natasha Henstridge buck naked several times <laughs> in those, which uh, as a child in the 90s, that was like the biggest thing. Oh, dude, you got to see the movie. This naked chick in a hot tub sends her tongue to this dude's head. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. awesome. Yep. I remember watching it and being like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, it's alien. <laughs> it's just alien. <laughs> yeah. Except... She can look pretty, <laughs> is the only thing about it. Oh, Natasha Henstridge, what happened to her? But anyway, I know the answer. You don't have to yell at your, uh, at your podcast player. Uh, but anyway, what happened to her? <laughs> uh, she went on to play in John Carpenter's last studio film, Ghost of Mars. Oh. And that was the only other thing I remember still doing from. still stuff? All this stuff like Ice uh, Girls? 
and TV movie, 2016. Badge of Honor, which is... Direct-to-digital video, apparently. Has Martin Sheen in it and Haley Duff. Oh, wow. <laughs> moving yeah. on up. Yeah, she's moving somewhere. Well, she's done a lot more recently than I thought she did, put it that way. Yeah, she's still working, so that's all. Oh, that's, hey, that's good. She's still pretty, at least well, based on that internet picture. Yeah. She was always very attractive. Uh, Whole nine yards. That gets you far in that business. That's the only reason I bring it up for everybody listening. I'm not shallow. <laughs> she's just not that good of an actress. That's why she's yeah. not that many actresses. But anyway, <laughs> uh, she can play a human, spe- uh, human alien hybrid type thing very well. She does that extremely well, uh, to her credit. Pulled it off for like three sequels. Yeah, three sequels. Uh, two sequels. Excuse like me. That, yeah. She's three. Uh, oh wait, no. Wait, the Awakening was that even a thing? Or was was she in a... three? I don't think she was in. Oh no, she bowed. Oh out yeah, she was. Oh, she was. Yeah, she was. Could have been she archival was... footage. It could have been. <laughs> we don't know. They, they, they like to do that. In, yeah. <laughs> when they can't get the lead back, they like to do that. Mm. Uh, but anyway, starring, of course, the legendary, at least in the '80s, and still in our hearts, Eddie Murphy. Yeah, as Shanlon, this film, of course, Beverly Hills Cop, one through three, Night Professor. You listened to last week's episode, I hope. So we covered all that there. Yeah. Uh, and also, for you might be watching this, being like, I know that villain. What is that dude from? Well, it's Charles Dance, everybody. He played Sardo, uh, of course. Uh, oh, sure. The late great Tyrion Lannister. Spoiler, sorry for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, of course, and also recently he was in Dracula Untold. But also, I love to remember him as the villain in Last Action Hero. Yeah, he was great. Face eyeball. He was great in that film. He was the best part. Have a nice day. Oh. <laughs> and he looks back and the eyeballs, the yeah. smiley face. Yeah. Nobody remembers that. It's so good. <laughs> Last Action Hero is an underrated Schwarzenegger classic, directed yeah. by John McTiernan of Die Hard fame and Predator. Uh, yeah. Underrated, great film. Just, I, I think, I think the the meta ness of it. Just written by the same guy who wrote uh, Avengers. Oh, and uh, uh, Ready Player One, Spielberg's next one. Yeah. So, yeah, it comes from a good writer. Yeah. That was his first. Oh, wow. Written credit. Oh, X Men 2. Yeah, the good one. Yeah, Behind <laughs> Enemy Lines, a excellent. Oh, Ele- oh Electra. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the oh, last. He had, thing. he had a rough time between 05 and uh, 06. Yeah. Or, <laughs> but he bounced back. He bounced back. Avengers, and yeah. now he's back at it again. Hey, good for him. Well, yeah. Pacific Rim Mostly. sequel, which love it or hate it, I loved it. So Transformers he didn't. Five. Oh well, hey, at least with his repertoire, there might yeah. be a chance of it being better than the last four. Yeah, but I have no. If there's no humans in it, it will be better than the last four. If yeah. it's just the robots fighting, but we've you know that, that won't discussion. happen. Yeah. No, no. Uh, strangely enough, Charles Dance's character in this is Sardo, uh, which I've been. Uh, I love to binge watch old shows when I can find them. And, late, and the flavor of the week lately has been Are You Afraid of the Dark from Nickelodeon. Watch it before we go to bed. A few episodes. It's good, cheesy, stupid, fun. <laughs> but uh, there's a, you know, they had a lot of recurring characters on that show, which I didn't remember coming, revisiting it, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Snick revisited. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one of, the, and one of the most annoying recurring characters is Sardo, a, a magic store owner guy who's... Hmm. Stupid! It's all get out, and every time I see him in an episode, I'm like, "This is so. This is gonna be stupid." But anyway, so I recognize the name, and you might be like, "I heard that name before." Yeah, it's Sardo. Uh, he has some stupid little saying on "Are You Afraid of the Dark," which I'm, I don't remember. Thank goodness. But uh, anyway, moving on. Now, Charles Dance, Charlotte Lewis was Kinang. Uh, she, her, she is best known after this for pretty much starring in TV shows that were canceled really quickly, and you've never heard of. Oh yeah, she. Uh... Did not get work for a long time. 
Yeah, which is a shame. Very pretty. She was one of the chicks on Seinfeld. Excuse me, ladies on Seinfeld. Oh, I remember her. Uh, so, I mean, she, she had a couple of you know notable appearances, but this was pretty much her biggest thing that she would ever, ever be in. Yeah. Uh, an Eddie Murphy movie in the 80s. Pretty big. Uh, yeah. In terms of her resume at that time, but she wouldn't go, would go on not to do much. Uh, very beautiful. Only 18 when they filmed this film. Mm. And, you know, kind of odd in some of the scenes that she's in when I found that out after the fact. Like, hey, <laughs> barely legal. Larry Flint's barely, barely legal <laughs> club on Bourbon Street. <laughs> Made me think of that. And uh, veteran of the podcast, Victor Wong as the old man. Of course, Big Trouble in Little China, which is not the only time you will hear me talk about that movie mm. during this podcast about revisiting this film. But also, he was the grandpa in Three Ninjas, mm-hmm. which you should remember, and also uh, Last Emperor. But pretty much any Asian, any film that had anything to do with Chinatown or the East uh, in the 80s, 90s, it's you guaranteed Victor Wong would be in it. And also, uh, James Wong, I think was his name, the uh, Cassandra's father from Wayne's World 2. Oh, right. Uh, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's James Wong. Uh, no, that's the director. Yeah, uh, that's who am I the thinking? director. It's James, uh, what's his damn name? Is he was, it, isn't he in this? James Hong, not Wong. Yeah, yeah. That's Victor Wong, James Hong, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, of course, plays Dr. Hong in a little bit part. Yeah. Uh, but uh, usually him, uh, Victor Wong, James Hong, and then uh, oh, the dude from Die Hard and Big Trouble in Little China, Victor, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was the Asian tough uh, and lethal weapon. Right, right. Oh, what was his name? Victor, I want to say Victor for some reason, but I don't think that's right now that I'm trying to think of it, but he'll, oh. be, he'll pop up real quick. Vic, wait, no, no, see, here's the problem. I'm seeing Victor Wong <laughs> here, and it keeps clouding my judgment of people's names. James Hong, so Victor like- Wong. Uh, it's he's somewhere on there. Yeah, it's gonna bug me until I see his name now because I'm sure. Well, well, who do he play? Uh, he was just like the random dude. I don't think I could look up random. No, dude. but his <laughs> I, I will recognize his IMDb picture the second okay. it comes. Up. Al Leong, Al Long. Oh, okay, that's it. Sorry, Mister Long, I didn't mean to call you Victor or something. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, but uh, starting to look like he was hiding in a hole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, those three actors. If it was a movie in the '80s that involved any character of asian descent usually and they were male they one of them three is probably in it if not all three of them or at least two of the three which we get two of the three in the golden child uh mm. which uh, as i mentioned last week it's really just big trouble in little china with eddie murphy and rated r which that's not a bad thing no nope. big trouble in little china is a lot better in my opinion but hey it's all about opinions on the show golden child still a, it's still uh revisiting it today uh this was actually only the second time i've ever seen like the uh, on Netflix, I should say, the real version. This says it's actually PG-13. Oh, is it? I thought it was rated R. Well, according to IMDb, what do they know? Uh, well, they, they know a lot more than I do because I get a lot of information from them. I could have swore this was rated R. Well, that's my mistake. Yeah. Okay, well, now it's lost a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, it says PG-13 okay. on the VHS So cover. it's just the Eddie Murphy version of Big Trouble in Little China. It's not the R-rated. Yeah. Pardon my French. I was about to say, find like the back of the VHS cake because I... VHS case because I swear this movie was right. I would have put money that it was rated R back in the day, but not the first time I've been wrong. Yeah, it says PG on the bottom corner. When did PG thirteen come around? That looks like a European rating or a Canadian rating. Ah, uh, okay. I could be wrong on that, but I mean, what do I know? Just host podcasts <laughs> about the eighties. Doesn't mean I'm infallible. This is an opinionated podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the views and theories of Aders Visit are not necessarily considered fact by yeah. court of law. But anyway, I thought uh, anyway. Moving on. Moving on. If it is PG, 
it's still, like I said, oh, yeah, the movie poster should actually, the official movie poster should have the writing on the bottom. Mm, yeah, none of these have it. These are just VHS covers. It's garbage. Anyway, we'll double, we'll double check, because, hey, IMDb could be wrong. It's possible, but more than likely, I'm mistaken. So, yeah, I take back all that stuff I said about it being the R-rated version of Big Trouble in Little China. About PG, PG-13 on Google. Yep. Yeah. My mistake. Huh. Oh, well. that. You know how you know how it works with your memories from the eighties. Things get you know thrown <laughs> into the same you know lumped into categories, and such. But anyway, this is my uh, it was it should still be on Netflix if you haven't seen it. As I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, this was only the when I rewatched it for the podcast because as I mentioned before, apparently Eddie Murphy's catalog is on Netflix right now. At least a lot of his good stuff, uh, including all the Beverly Hills Cops. Last time I checked. Uh, anyway, uh, this was only the second time I ever saw the like the. Un- uh, the, or the theatrical version, I should say. Because the first time I saw it, it was on TV, and I was like, you know, this was mm. probably 88, 87. And I was like, wow, this is just like Big Trouble in Little China, except with Eddie Murphy. This is awesome. You know, uh, bigger, uh, more, a little more stop-motion animation, uh, which is, you know, for the time, still great. Still love to see it. And a little bit more of a, of a mystery angle, because he's like a private investigator. Uh, and uh, such. But it's... And, of course, Big Trouble came out uh, same year, 86. I think it came out in July of 86 because it came out around the same time as Masters of the Universe, I thought. We talked about that excuse me, a few weeks ago. 86, it, July. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, bam, I know some things. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so it, it, uh, and this came out in December of the same year, so Big Trouble technically beat it, although they were both in production at the same time. And in fact, they actually offered John Carpenter the uh, job of directing The Golden Child. He's like, nah, I got something better cooking. Don't worry about it. And of course, uh, you know. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John Car- 80s John Carpenter, you can't touch. Sorry. Like, let him, let him make his masterpieces. And beyond that, you know, it's debatable. But, uh, Wait, you didn't like The Ward? I don't even know what that uh, is. It, I, I started that on Netflix, and even, I, love, I love John Carpenter. I will make excuses for his bad movies, but I just couldn't finish that movie like, i can't defend you anymore <laughs> but uh, actually he's touring right now with his album that he released last year uh lost themes which is basically just some basically ideas he had for scores for movies that he's never going to make because he doesn't work in the studio system anymore oh, or wow. doesn't work for a big budget you know he doesn't want to ghost of mars ruined him from making big budget films which honestly he works better with a small budget as his previous work kind of shows you know small budget for their time as opposed to what would be considered a big budget release at the time, I should clarify. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knows how to make stuff work, and I think being on a budget, on a cheap budget, is what made him an effective director, U- utilizing what he had and making that out to be, you know, like people always, oh, Spielberg and Jaws, the shark wouldn't work, and so he used the, ca- you know, Spielberg himself, like, I had to be very Hitchcockian with the camera. Well, Car- you know, Carpenter's same way, except he, I wouldn't say he copied Hitchcock. Everybody was inspired by Hitchcock, don't sure. get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, I think Carpenter is very underrated in terms of his influence on cinema. Uh, personal preference, you know, Wes Craven, God rest his soul. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, but you know, when you look back at his body of director, directoring, directoring, <laughs> directoring work, you know, in my opinion, you know, Craven had some great ideas, but he wasn't the best director. But then when I look at Carpenter's work, it's just like it's night and day to me. Like he's Carpenter's my, one of my favorite directors. Obviously, as I mentioned on the podcast, one of my favorite directors, but. Uh, underrated as well 
But uh, yeah, he, of course, he did Big Trouble in Little China, the first episode of Asia Visited. Don't judge us by the audio quality and the content. We were just getting started. We were just, <laughs> we were just three people in a room with some microphones and a big dream. I have now, to revisit it. <laughs> now, yeah, might have to, like with good audio and everything. Uh, actually, we need to find somebody else who hasn't seen it and let them watch it and then revisit it <laughs> just, to, just to see if people today just don't get it. Episode 200. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> revisiting of the first revisitation on 80s Visited. There we go. We actually planned an episode. <laughs> hey, 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 we, we planned most of it, like every now and then. I don't hear it till the day of, but. <laughs> well, these last two, was like, oh, God, oh shit, I, there, we, got, we need to record this week. What have I seen recently? Okay, I've seen Mannequin. I didn't finish rewatching Scarface. Oh, I didn't watch Eddie Murphy last weekend. Let's do those because uh, it's okay. very relevant to the 80s. Uh, so, yeah, oh, so uh, Seat of My Pants planning went into these two epi- last two episodes. All right. But uh, anyway. Uh, but like I said, uh, seeing it for the second time ever in terms of, you know, the real version, not, you know, anything edited out for TBS or USA, which honestly, there really wasn't much they would have edited, edited out anyway, which also makes me think I should have realized it wasn't rated R to begin with. But, you know, anytime you do with some occult stuff like that in the 80s, that usually was a good way to get it bumped up a notch. Hmm. Don't look at mannequin, bro. That's later. Don't <laughs> don't spoil it. Don't spoil the stuff that's <laughs> coming down the pipe. I want to try to get us some interviews and see if there's anybody worth getting on here that isn't. I'm sure Andrew McCarthy ain't doing shit these he's, days. He actually is. Oh, he's, really? He's in the family. Is that some? Oh wait, it's you know about the movie? Oh wait, a show? No, 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 a new TV show. He he uh, has a very important character. Oh wow. On the show. Well, he looks old and distinct, like older. Excuse me, and distinguished. Yeah, the family. Huh. He, um, I was thinking about that Michelle Pfeiffer De Niro movie from a year or two ago. Yeah, of course, he's not part of the family, so he's not going to have any, any of photos on the front. pictures to show. Hey. Well, I would not recognize him at first. Yeah, these are all like production photos. Hmm. But, Interesting. Yeah. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah, yeah, he's working. Another big in the 80s actor who kind of faded away, but you know, working is good in that industry. Yeah, see, all TV it, stuff until this. He finally scored one. Good for him. Yep. Yep, a forgotten 80s star. Still working. Oh, wait, go, wait. Oh, sorry. I thought I didn't realize you were still a man. I thought you were on the, the family still, and I saw Estelle Getty. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> She's long dead. <laughs> She's long in her grave. That golden girl is bone white right now. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so, because uh, the first time I saw it was on TV, and the first thing that occurred to me was like, oh, it's, this is just like Big Trouble in Little China. And as a kid, it's like, is this related to it? I mean, what's going on here? Not knowing any context. Loved it as a kid, but this, unlike a lot of the other, unlike Coming to America or Beverly Hills Cop, this one wasn't one that tended to be replayed a lot on network television back in the day on USA or TBS. I guess because of, you know, as opposed to the box office it made, as opposed to some of the other Eddie Murphy films, they figured might as well play the ones that made a lot of money because you can guess get better commercial revenue hmm. or whatever so you know always remembered it uh and as a kid the the honestly the the thing i remember two things i remember most about this movie which of course when you watch it recently after not seeing it those are the things that stick out with you the two things i remember most was the pepsi can getting up and walking around and hmm. dancing and then the other thing that always the first time i watched it always like irked me about the film was how he, he can't spill the water when he's going through the little trials but he blatantly spills it all over the place hmm. and as a kid i was like oh he's totally spilling this water so watching it, I was like, yeah, that was like the two things that just, like, I clearly remembered. Everything else, didn't remember hardly anything. Except, of course, the stop-motion animation demon at the end. 
which is always fun to see in any film. Can't go wrong with a stop-motion animation demon. <laughs> Anytime you want to throw that in there, that's cool. But yeah, uh, watching it again for, you know, I'm very familiar with Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop 1 through 3 and uh, Coming to America, seeing that <laughs> haunted house style. And also, the, the, I was watching this time too, like the dagger looks just like the dagger from The Shadow, the 90s Alec Baldwin movie, mm-hmm. where they had the dagger that like he controlled with his mind. Which uh, I, I kept thinking that would be a reference. And so I'm like, oh, the same prop was used for the shadow, but upon closer inspection, it is different. But it's very similar. Little tri-bladed or quad-bladed, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, type yeah, of thing. yeah, like a plus shape. Yeah, blade. Anyway, but uh, revisiting it, like again, not being quite as familiar with it as some of uh, the other films. <laughs> Such a useless talent. <laughs> if that's what you're going to use it for, buckle up. He's still a kid. He's still learning yeah, his ability. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, revisiting again, like it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Probably, probably watching it recently was the most I've ever enjoyed it. Because as a kid, it's just like, whoa, what is this? This is cool. I'm not really giving a shit about any of the story. It's just watching all this crazy stuff happening, and then Eddie Murphy basically being Eddie Murphy. As mm-hmm. I mean, funny as hell back in the 80s, but he's pretty much always Eddie Murphy uh, in different roles. Except Coming to America, at least, you know, he, he, had a, he, had a, he did have a princely quality to him in that one. Made it a little different. But uh, watching it recently, thoroughly enjoyed it, laughed a lot, liked it, enjoyed it much more than I ever did. So in terms of, uh, you know, of course, some people, when I posted it on Facebook, like, you know, Trey Harris is watching The Golden Child. Like, like oh, I love that movie. Like, like wow, I, didn't really, I really didn't think. Yeah. Like, you know, I post, oh, watching, you know, I don't know, The Matrix or some big hit movie, like nobody gives a shit. But, you know, watching this, like, oh, dude, fucking awesome. That movie's great. I love that movie. I can see why. Like, uh, you know, if I had been, if it had been more readily available to me as a kid, I probably would have liked it a lot more, watched it a lot more growing up than I ended up watching because, of course, in the 80s, you had to go actually rent a movie physically to a place that was miles away on a bike, uh, as opposed to today where anybody who's listening to this right now can use the same device they're listening to, mm-hmm. tap on Netflix, and then search Eddie Murphy or G O L D E N space C, and it'll probably come up, and then we'll watch it right there without doing hardly anything. I was flying around, I was playing the Lord of the Rings soundtrack in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Not so Return cool. of the King. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf appears in front of him. <laughs> yeah. uh, good stuff. But uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen it in a long time, by all means, I would, I would recommend it, uh, giving it a watch again. Again, a total 80s movie. And again, Big Trouble in Little China is the reference here. If you mm-hmm. like Big Trouble in Little China... I think you'll like this. It's it's again. It's not as good. It's not as good. Jack mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy, love you to death, bro. But you're not Jack Burton. There's mm-hmm. a, there's few who can hold a candle to Jack Burton, and uh, U.S. Chandler in this film. Yeah, sorry. But anyway, moving on. Uh, although the golden child is referred to as a boy throughout the film, uh, the young actress is actually a female. Oh snap! So, the golden child is a girl. Uh, this was, I thought th- this would have been interesting, again, the road not taken, so to speak, uh, but it was originally intended to be a serious adventure film with none other than 80s Mel Gibson. So Riggs would have been in the lead role, but after he turned it down and eventually they got Eddie Murphy at that point, okay, mm-hmm. we got Eddie Murphy for this now, we can't shoot it like this, we have to make it a comedy, which I think works in the favor, although, in its favor, although I really do think that if it, they had gone the other way, it probably still would have been a pretty cool film. It was a serious Mel Gibson type tone. Yeah. 
Uh, I could see I could see that working without being like, God, that's odd. Uh, in terms of this, and it's and strangely enough, Mitch John Carpenter was offered the chance to direct it, but uh, Eddie Murphy's first choice, because again, Eddie's Eddie Murphy had a lot of clout at this point, so he could kind of you know make demands for his films. His first choice for director was none other than George Miller, Mad Max, yeah. uh, and of course Babe for uh, those who <laughs> like bacon. Uh, and George Miller turned him down, turned the job down, and his reason was because Eddie Murphy kept him waiting for a meeting for four hours. So after that, yeah. he said, nope, done, not doing it, see ya. So I don't blame him. Four hours is a long time if you're waiting on somebody. CPT. And, and <laughs> waiting, waiting in 1986, that means no iPhone. Yeah. You got maybe a Magazine. newspaper and a, yeah. an issue of Time or you know whatever else. And you know, highlights, Ranger Rick. Wow. Depending on where you're waiting. So he said, fuck that, not doing it. Uh, famed Hollywood stuntman and martial artist, uh, also professional wrestler, it should be noted. Judo, Gene LaBelle, Le- uh, has a cameo as a drunk biker who coughs in Eddie Murphy's face. Uh, he's this gentleman who just, who you can see in a bit, you know, cameo basically in here, uh, trained such people as Chuck Norris and most recently Ronda Rousey. Wow. So. Oh, and he did some stunts on Batman and Robin. Yeah. So, yeah. And some other ones. Yeah, I, w- I, would, I would just maintain the fact that you trained 246 Norris and Ronda stunt credits. Uh, that's pretty so impressive. That's a lot. Uh, go, how old is it, this gentleman? Uh, uh, oh, very oh, old. Okay. He's a supervisor <laughs> at this point. He's not doing any right, stunts. Right, right, right. Born in 1932. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Still. Uh, see what his first credit is. I'm curious. Just as to, an actor in 1961. Ventures of Ozzy and Harriet. As a hood, so he probably got fake punched. Yeah, as a uh, stuntman. It goes all the way back to 62, 62. same year. Stunt double, one episode. Munster, stunt coordinator. Yep, so started stunt, at stunt, stunt, age of 30. Wow, that's old for like a stuntman. Yeah. Wow. Tons of, mm. wow, almost any, name a movie, he's probably done stunts in it. Major Pain, End of Days, Man on the Moon, Dude, Where's My Car? Bruce Almighty, Reno 911. Hey, there you go. Oh, a lot of them. As, wow. So that means, let's see, he was born in 1932, so in 2003, he was like pushing 70 doing stunts <laughs> on Reno 911. Anytime they took down an old man, it was him. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, to have, a, I mean, to be a stuntman, I mean, I don't know what condition the guy's in. He doesn't right, have a right, picture right. on IMDb, so maybe he's hideously disfigured he be, from all the stunts. He'd be like Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Takes off just, just balls to the wall, rip from all this, you know. This is a hardcore motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, go back up. Uh, Batman and Robin. It said Arkham Asylum Guard. Up, up, or down. I'm sorry. Down. Okay. Now, in Batman and Robin, there's two Arkham Asylum guards in one scene. One of them's Jesse Ventura when they're guarding Mister Freeze, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a you know a cameo. I wonder if he's if they're referring to him as the other one. If the, if so, he's really easy to spot. Let's see. Uh, just curious as to what this dude looks like. Oh. Well, there's the end joke in Batman and Robin of. Well, not that it matters because the whole movie's a fucking is that joke. Him? He, Maybe it is him. He kind of like is, Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> uh, a thin and emaciated Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> but let's assume that's him because that would that, that dude looks like a seventy year old guy. So let's yeah. just say that it is. Let's assume that it is. I should say, but I've already been wrong once this podcast, so it could be again. Anyway, 
Uh, during the question, oh yeah, and one of the you know one of them like se- mentioned several times in I- on IMDb and in the forums uh, during the quest challenge. There's at least one instance where some of the water is spilled when the pillar falls from under him and he's hanging. When the place and when he places the glass on the next pillar, he clearly spills some. As I mentioned, as a even as a child, non golden of course that bugged the shit out of me. Mm. I watch this stop motion. Whoa, Snake Woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome though. It's it's so awesome to me. I'm, I'm, I know I'm in a minority on that, but it's still great. But anyway, yeah, revisiting this film uh, <laughs> after so many years, and again, not being as familiar with it as many of the other films we do tend to cover on the podcast, uh, I'd give it a solid seven. It's still very enjoyable to watch, at least to me. So I think if you tend to agree with me on some of the recommendations or some of the opinions I tend to have on this show, I think you'll enjoy watching The Golden Child. You probably won't watch it too many more times, but it's definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen seen it or if you haven't seen it in a long time like, yeah, I vaguely remember that so yeah so I give it a 7 these days uh, in the real world December 12th 1986 and we've had this problem before to where uh, we've done a movie in 86 and we've already talked about the real world thing that happened because 86 is arguably the greatest year in 80s cinema history with in terms of the releases the amount of quality releases, I should say. So instead of repeating the same damn thing about that plane that went around the world in nine days, uh, it re- uh, uh, the weekend that uh, Golden Child opened, December 12, 1986, uh, Three Amigos also opened, which was directed by John Landis, mm-hmm. who would then go on to direct Eddie Murphy two years later in Coming to America, and then again a few years later in Beverly Hills Cop 3. So mm-hmm. this and Three Amigos opened the same day. I'd have gone to see the Three Amigos, but... Yeah, yeah. I'd still go see Three Migos. Yeah, two over. good choices. Though. Yeah. Well, I think you had one very, really better choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Three Migos was a nine on this podcast, so that's that, that's still one of the greatest '80s comedies ever made. But you can't go. You, there's again, as I mentioned last week, there's a lot worse. There's a lot more bad Eddie Murphy movies that you could watch on Netflix than uh, The Golden Child. So again, give it a watch if you haven't. I think you'll enjoy it. Mm. But uh, Back to the Future this week, me and Jesse off air, we're kind of talking about this anyway, but because I really haven't seen much lately, and we talked about Batman versus Superman last week, and there's not many big releases hitting until next month, actually. Uh, just some current TV stuff that uh, we've been watching. Uh, you keep up with The Walking Dead? Yes, I am one episode behind, though. I haven't watched the okay. latest one. Well, yeah. it's, uh, I think... I'm, I can't. Actually, at this point... You haven't watched the latest one. No, I ha- actually I have. The one from I mean, this week that we're in. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, <laughs> well, actually, by the time this airs, the season's over. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because this week, this coming, as of this recording, this coming Sunday is the season finale. Okay. So, 90 minutes. Shit's going to happen. Yeah. It's so, a season finale. Um, This one goes up in a week and a day, so. Yeah, so it'll be. <laughs> yeah, it'll be. Behind. Yeah. The world will be in shock from who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. This is my prediction is Negan's, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey D. Morgan's going to appear and he's going to kill one of the main characters. And that's how your season's going to end. The comedian. Yeah. How awesome would it be if the door opens and it's the comedian and be like, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> crossover, oh, bitches. Oh, uh, speaking of crossover, <laughs> uh, in the opening credits of Batman vs. Superman, which we talked about last week, mm-hmm. which also features the most overly dramatic telling of Batman's origin you've ever seen, full with, complete with Zack Snyder's slow motion, uh, mm-hmm. Thomas Wayne's played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and uh, okay. Martha Wayne is played by Lauren Cohen. Mm-hmm. So two Walking Dead now co-stars as of this season 
end of the season, played Bruce Wayne's parents in Batman vs. Superman. Mm. So I thought that I was funny. Uh, I filmed casting for uh, a really crappy Jeffrey Dean Morgan movie. Was that The Courier, correct? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> the Courier. Man, nice people, though. Nice people. Yeah. Like, uh, me and actually, uh, while Jason was working on that, we got to go, or we went and saw... Of all things, season of the witch with Nicolas Cage with the director of that film, Honey. Yeah, yeah, he's a nice dude. Not fantastic, like great guy, like yeah. you know, nice, really intelligent to talk to. Great conversation. Uh, but yeah, we got to watch. I got to watch season of the witch with this director <laughs> and a friend of mine. <laughs> then we went to a bar afterwards and just we didn't talk about season of the witch at all. Yeah, because that was behind you by then. Yes, That's although funny. again, Nicolas Cage. I didn't mind it that much. Yeah, yeah. He's always great, except when you're led to believe that he's in a movie more than he is, and you watch a two-hour movie on Netflix with Hayden Christensen and him, and he's only in it for five minutes. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, Walking Dead's been... I think it, start, it started so strong this season. But my biggest complaint with that series, they keep doing it. These damn ninja zombies. Ha- two, people are gonna, two or three people are going to have a dramatic conversation in the woods... You know, the woods where it's impossible to sneak up on anybody. Right, yeah. I'm not doing this, Michonne. We can't do this. We're not doing it. All of a sudden, right next. Where was this zombie for the past 10 minutes? They're right, not, they see him in other episodes. Yeah. Other episodes, they see him come. He's like, I'll take care of it. Yeah, yeah but I got this. This and time, it doesn't. At least once an episode, usually there is some instance of ninja-ing going on by a human or a ninja zombie. Zombies. And you're in, they're in the woods of Georgia or wherever they're at. Yeah. You can't sneak up on people. Yeah. It's a fact. There's no traffic noise. There's no yeah. industrial yeah. noise. It's even quieter than it is today. Imagine exactly. you're in the woods and you're just, I mean, are you completely unaware of your surroundings in a zombie <laughs> apocalypse to where A, a zombie can sneak up on you, which is bad enough. Yeah. Or also to where, you know, people just pop out like, gotcha, you know, drop it. Like, <laughs> I mean, bullshit. Yeah. A, unless, okay, yeah, how long has that motherfucker been waiting in the bushes to ambush somebody who might be walking by here? Or, oh yeah. It's finally paid off. Yeah, finally I'm going to get some food by ambushing these people. <laughs> or whatever. Still love the show. He's hiding in a berry bush, you know, that'll keep him going. Oh yeah, he just eats. He's and, just eating you know, berries. Has no pants on, so he Till just pees and poops, just, just waiting. Someday somebody's going to walk by here. Since apparently everybody in the world is in this area where they're at. Right. With all these factions and... A plethora of zombies to keep walking. But anyway, still love the show. Uh, also, uh, me and Autumn have been watching Better Call Saul, yep. which to me gets better and better. I need to catch up on that. Uh, I'm about two episodes. Any behind. episode with Mike is just the best. Those are the best. It should be, you know, Better Call Mike. Yeah. Yeah, it is. His episodes are just so good. And of course, he was in a, a, a tie into Eddie Murphy. He was in the original Beverly Hills Cop as a young man. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember that. I watched something just recently with him in it, too. I was like, wait a second, there's Mike. Uh, oh, what was that? It was on Netflix, actually. Jonathan Banks. Yeah. I, I hate when I draw blanks like this. I literally just saw him. In Airplane? You know, something, it, was, <laughs> it was an older movie when he was young. He was Again, he was like a henchman. What oh, was it? Henchman. Oh, I, I can see all these damn scenes, but I can't think of the movie. It's going to hit me as soon as I... Armed and Dangerous. Because we watched it when we were in California. It came on, on one of the channels there, and I was like, oh, John I haven't seen this Candy. movie in forever. And then all of a sudden, Mike shows up as a villain again. <laughs> Fantastic. But he's a... I don't see why he doesn't get more work. Especially, his, he's got a, he's a, he's he a good voice actor, work, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, he gets a lot of work. But, I mean, uh, like, why isn't he, like, in, like, a video game voice actor? Or, or I just love his voice. It's so good. Yeah. And, he's, and he's a great actor. Anytime you need an old badass, 
I guess I, probably one of the best things that happened to him was that Sean Connery retired. Mm. We need an elderly badass. And I mean elderly in the nicest way. An older person that can be... Did you watch Community? Mm-mm. He was in Community. Oh, wow. Like uh, re- oh, 11 episodes. Yeah. I mean... He was in quite a few, yeah. Hmm. Towards the end there. Interesting. That would make... Had I known that when it was on, I would have been more yeah, interested to on. watch it. Not, to, <laughs> not, not for me when I don't have cable. Right. It's only on, it's on Netflix, if I isn't want... It? I don't know. I thought it was. I don't know. Yeah, if it is, I will actually uh, watch some of his episodes just because he's that well, good. His episodes are on Yahoo. Oh. Because he came in late, like after. Oh, Yahoo okay. Before, after all that shit. Yeah. No. Well, never mind. Sorry, Jonathan Banks. But I'll yeah. keep watching Better Call Saul until you get your own show because you deserve it. But uh, that's been really good. Of course, Game of Thrones is about to start back up next month. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we've also been watching uh, American Crime Story. Yeah, which yeah. has been really good. In fact, we the reason that one I am watching. Yeah, uh, the reason I told you I was going to be over in forty five minutes was more like an hour because we started it and it was a little bit longer than we thought. So yeah, I had to finish like watching the most it. recent one. Yeah, so I, I probably haven't watched the most recent one, but it's uh it's awesome. I've, that is, that I've never seen such perfect casting in a TV show. Like in terms of like a based on a true story type. A, a real world to film counterpart, so to speak, with the exception of Cuba Gooding Jr. I don't buy him as OJ Simpson. Oh, really? <laughs> I think they could have got somebody better for OJ. Well, who? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> but I'm sure they had to have somebody. I think they just wanted a name for OJ, a big name. It's just, it's, uh, it's not that I don't like Cuba Gooding Jr. I just, I, everybody in that show is so perfect to my memory of that trial growing up with that happening. It's just I don't buy. Cuba Gooding Jr. has O.J. Simpson. Right. But uh, it's a fantastic show, especially for, you know, if you're among our age group to where we grew, that was a huge part of our, you know, teenage years, you know, living Strangely with that enough, trial. yeah. You know, so I think that's part of the appeal for it, but it is a dynamite show. The acting is phenomenal. I expect several Emmy Award, or at least nominations for, especially the gentleman that plays Johnny Cochran. Yeah, he is yeah, so really good. good. Like, I believe that I'm watching Johnny Cochran. The dude, they have him made up to look just like him, and he's like, he's eccentric, like the real Johnny Cochran, and just nails it. How about Travolta? <laughs> he I, looks he, weird. He he looks <laughs> so weird in the show, and like Autumn's yeah. like, that's just because he's old and he's trying to look like Shapiro. Nah, the dude looks weird. Yeah, he does. He hasn't looked. He's the last time he looked this weird was when he was in Dragon Hairspray, and. I don't know. He just looks weird, but his his acting has dramatically improved in the show. When I guess his character needs to get dramatic, yeah. a little more so in the later episodes. I haven't seen Ross in anything in a while. Oh yeah, uh, David <laughs> Schwimmer. Yeah, but it's 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 a fantastic show. I thoroughly enjoy each episode of that. And uh, I've talked to him before on the show, like you know, whenever something's based on a true story, you better double, you know, don't take it with a grain of salt. But uh, sure. a lot of things that happen in this show. I remember, and then yeah. if I don't remember what happened, I double, I kind of do a little bit of background fact checking. And in fact, Autumn's reading the book that the show's based on. And now when we're watching it, I'm blessed to have the fact. Hey, pause it, pause it. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen. This happened this way, or yeah. or that happened, but it was this was done after you know outside of the courtroom or something. But for the most part, with my research or my memory, and then my fact checking, so to speak, the show's pretty damn accurate, except for just a couple of things, which. I think being a, uh, what's his name, the guy that did Nip Tuck, Ryan Murphy film, or mm-hmm. uh, show. Yeah, yeah, show, of course, American Horror Story, 
that kind of stuff, which I'm I'm not really a big fan of his work. I mean, I like Nip Tuck at first, me and Autumn. When we first got together, she loved the show, so naturally I had to like the show to stay, you know, to, yeah, I like it too, so, uh, yeah, let's snuggle. Uh, you know, how, you know where that leads to in the early blissful months of dating. Sure. But uh, anyway, this is it, the best thing he's ever done, in my opinion. I know a lot of people like American Horror Story, but after the first season, I was just like, this is kind of rote. But anyway, that's yeah. for another time. But American Crime Story, phenomenal. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Like, I mean, what are they going to do next? Like Manson or Menendez or uh, what's her name? Casey Anthony. I mean, it's interesting to see what they go, like... I well, mean, this was taken from a novel. Yeah. So, you know, but, I mean, depends what any, novels are out there. Any true crime story is going to have a novel for it. Yeah. Uh, I listened to another podcast, another fantastic podcast that's as funny as I wish that I could ever be on a podcast uh, called The Last Podcast on the Left. And they do a lot of a lot of true crime, paranormal stuff, all my favorite interests. Uh, but uh, they, they uh, do a lot of research with their true crime episodes. Mm. So it's very, very informative and interesting. But... Any kind of true, any any true crime story, there's a book about, in ter- in terms of like you know, what what they if where they would get their uh, facts from, so to speak, I guess or whatever. But I mean, you know, you're it's sort of like I kind of feel like it might be a true detective kind of thing with this show. They're starting with you know the trial of the century, the the arguably the most famous courtroom trial of all time mm-hmm. for the first season. So where do you really kind of go from there to kind of follow that up? It's gonna be interesting. I'm looking forward to it regardless. Because uh, it's such a good show, and then uh, I think the only other show that I'm uh, always sunny ended a few, few weeks ago. It's season. I need to catch up on the last two. But uh, oh, uh, Face Off. That's the only show we watch on. Uh, yeah, I don't watch that. <laughs> on uh, sci-fi. I wish it was a show based on the Nicolas Cage John Travolta movie, <laughs> to where Nicolas Cage was actually still in it. He keeps changing faces. Yeah, he, the whole show. It's Nicolas Cage's voice, but like, yeah, each show he gets a different prosthetic on, and he's supposed to be a different Voice-overs character. So it. he's like acting as a different character. <laughs> it would be phenomenal. <laughs> it would be phenomenal. I'm telling you, it'd be a. That's a million dollar idea. There it is. Oh God, I would love it so much. Alas, it is not to be. And then uh, I just saw something that reminded me of some other show as you were scrolling past, but I forgot it. Go up just a second. Fear oh, the Walking I don't, Dead. I don't give a shit about Fear the Walking Dead. Did you watch it? First one? I watched the first like three episodes and was like, oh, this is dumb. It's slower. Um, it's a lot slower. I didn't. I love Cliff Curtis, the main actor in it, the, like yeah. the dad. I couldn't stand the little kid or the like the drug kid from drug the first kid, episode. Yeah. It's like this dude is so annoying. I want him to die. Please I just didn't die. get into it. But nevertheless. Uh, so anyway, drop us your lines on some TV shows we should be watching, and that, that's the thing. Like everybody watches different TV shows, yeah. So it's like you know, me and you overlap on some shows. Me and my friend Perry overlap on some shows, but like everybody always has a show to recommend. Yeah. The bad thing is when you recommend a TV show, nine times out of ten, the other person ain't gonna Might watch not be it. Their show, yeah. Yeah, it's just simply because, like my my friend, good friend, one of my oldest friends, Jace, like, dude, Lost is phenomenal, but you should watch it. But I know you're never. He, he under, he's like I know you're never gonna watch it, but it's awesome and you should watch Wait, it. But you haven't watched Lost? No, never it's watched good. Lost. I, I've, I've seen the first two episodes. I got sick and watched them all. It's like what seven While seasons? I was sick. Six seasons? Uh, well, I want to say eight. And see, then see that there, therein lies the problem. It's an eight season commitment, and that was probably a uh, show where they had like you know fifteen, Looks like six, twenty episodes six. a season. What's the say the total number of episodes under it? Um. Usually they'll say like... Oh, yeah, I'm on a different computer. Uh, <laughs> 117. Yeah, see, times an hour each, 
roughly rounding rounding up that is uh how many you know five days of not sleeping to watch it you don't have to watch them all like that of course not but see but the thing is to invest in a series like that like these days yeah you know and with with the speed of how other shows are coming out like you know daredevil just came out a few weeks ago you know uh i didn't wasn't thrilled for the first season but i want to see john berthanol as a punisher so you know uh that's a a 12-hour commitment uh, and you know, in between, you know, podcasting, playing airsoft, video games, yeah, uh, older shows like that with a with a deep mythology or a deep episode amount, or I'm mean, you know, it's hard. Like for the X Files, when the revival was coming on, uh, and Autumn, you know, she had seen some when she was from the '90s, but it wasn't like she wasn't an X File P H I L E like me, to where like right. every Friday we're watching the X Files at eight o'clock. Uh, not gonna miss it. So I had to go. You know. There was no way in hell she was going to watch nine seasons with almost 20-plus episodes each season, 42 minutes, 43 minutes long each one before the new season came out. So I went, you know, I, I, we watched a few of my favorite episodes, and then I kind of went back to get a, a find like a, an abridged guide to the mythology episodes, and we watched, kind of picked through those to catch mm. myself up and remind myself and then also at least give her some sort of idea of what the hell's going on in the show. But, uh... I mean, like, like, go back to Lost, but I've, I've only heard, like, at least from my friends who I trust opinions, like, you know, that it was really good, but you got to watch, you know, it's yeah. a lot to watch. To whereas, you know, I could say, Jesse, you should watch Twin Peaks. It's two seasons. It's only a total of, like, 36 episodes total. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah, I can, I, you know, I could, I could possibly watch that. No. Unless the ending has been spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Unless you've seen the last episode of season two, then you don't. Fuck it. I mean, you're my, you know, it's not going to mean anything. It's not going to have the impact when you watch it the first time. I'm like, oh my God. I still God. haven't seen The Sixth Sense. Really? Because <laughs> I know what happened. Yeah. I don't blame, I don't blame you. I mean, uh, uh, what's the point? <laughs> right. Exactly. Everyone it's still a good movie, but I mean, that's the, that's the thing. And then, uh, Anyway, but uh, and then like you know people were like oh yeah you lost you know or what, I'm sorry what I was getting at was like for example I mentioned last episode I'm watching mm. episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that's like six seasons and there's like thirteen episodes a season but they're twenty minutes long and I watch yeah. one before bed to fall asleep isn't to. that kind of a funny like it, it's like you know uh, R L Stein type horror oh, okay. you know it's like there's <laughs> when I'm watching it I'm like okay if if they actually killed this kid it would be a horror story. You can tell they 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 uh, took they read like you know the the '80s books, scariest stories you ever heard, or the yeah. scary stories tell in the dark, and then simply changed a few things around. Like oh, instead of a dollhouse, it's a fish tank that's haunted, and it's the same stories but done for Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. You know, for uh, twelve, thirteen year olds. As far as nostalgic shows go, I mean the the best one that I can think of on TV is Goldberg's. Mm-hmm. As far yeah, hitting the nostalgic button. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, our good friend John, what now versus nostalgia? Still have your jacket, bro? Uh, we may. I've moved. Since. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. <laughs> we talked about that a few weeks ago. We I'm might still. Pretty have, sure. Jesse I saw might it. have it somewhere. If not, <laughs> I can get it's you in a, a box new. somewhere. <laughs> but if you, don't, I mean, honestly, we didn't have much of a winter this year, so I don't think you're gonna really need it for the rest of the year. No kidding. Anyway, unfortunately, but yeah, uh, but he's recommended that to me several times as well, and see. So it's what about three seasons, seventy episodes, twenty minutes each. See, I can. It's still that's on. something you can burn yeah. through, like in a, like I, I can binge watch those twenty minute shows, yeah. so much easier than like 
okay, uh, you want to finish Daredevil? We got like two episodes left. Uh, eh. You know, it's it's harder to, for me to like justify binge watching forty two minute episodes when sitcoms and shorter episodes, like a lot of old TV, nostalgic t- nostalgic TV, right? Comedies type you know situations. Obviously, it's just so much easier just to oh shit, I've been watching this for four hours and watch eight episodes. Yeah. Uh, whereas you know X Files is like, you know, if you watch eight episodes, uh, you're watching the sun come up. <laughs> you know, which isn't a, necessarily a bad Friday night spent. But, uh, you know, just the time commitment. And, and now, especially with the frequency of how, like, shows are structured, like, you know, Walking Dead ends, or just ended by the time you w- listen to this, but then in a week or two, Game of Thrones is starting again. You know, so there's always, uh, at least my preference for weekly shows is, uh, you know, it's on kind of a good schedule, so to speak. I always got a few things to watch, but in between watching movies for the podcast, there are other movies, you know, theatrical release movies, podcast and I mentioned before you know it's just it's hard to catch up on those thick series um, yeah but again what well, I was getting at with that long t- long tangent <laughs> was just that usually everybody has like a show they want to recommend like, oh dude you gotta watch this our friend caveman was like dude you don't watch venture brothers you gotta watch venture brothers I'm like how many seasons is it cave I watched I remember watching it a long time ago so yeah. I know I know there's a ton of seasons he's like oh they're like on season six now I'm thinking in my head like not gonna watch it not Came gonna watch 2003. it well 76 episodes that ain't bad but uh Cause I was tell- he's like, oh, yeah, it's season so- six. It's yeah. like so good right now. It's like the best show on television right now. And you know, we don't. Well, people who know K Van know how he is. Sure. But he, if, yeah. if it's good, it's the best thing ever. And no movie is better than Brazil. He was on our Star Wars episode. Yeah, he was the loudest voice you heard, even if I was he's directly the- in the mic. He was, he was the one that ruined our audio, <laughs> <laughs> drowned out everything else, <laughs> loving to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, he's like, you know, everybody has those shows that they like, but it's it's really hard to recommend a show that's. That's just, for lack of a better word, like I mentioned before, like just thick with episodes. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, like I mentioned, like 70 episodes, but they're half hour each. That's not bad. That's like, you know, that can, you, know, you can burn through that in a week if it, you know, if it catches you. And again, I'll watch a, an episode or two of any show that anybody recommends, but it's like, you know, lost. I mean, and also I already know how it ends. So like, not. Or do you? <laughs> well, supposedly, which from, I remember when the it's show came It's different for each person. Because <laughs> I remember the whole uh, purgatory thing was like a theory, uh, like in the first seconds, like early on in the show, like oh, right. like what is it? It has to be purgatory. Like, and then I heard like that's basically what it ends up to be. Mm, eh, maybe. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, so whatever you say, I'll take as truth. Right. <laughs> so. uh, no, they were complete. It's completely real. <laughs> yeah, but isn't it like it ends where it begins? Like. Matthew, what's his name? Fox falls down on the grass, and that's the same shot as the first episode, and it's like a circle. Oh yeah, that's somewhere in there. It's been a while. Yeah, because I mean, and I didn't, I didn't even look for that. Years. It was just, you know, as it was happening over bits and pieces, shit was spoiled. Yeah, you know, because just like me with Sixth Sense. I mean, but hey, you're not. I mean, damn you know. them for miss <laughs> spoiling that movie. I, th- I think you would have picked it up. That uh, right. I'll that never was... get to know. Because, <laughs> like, for, for example, like. When I'm watching that movie, it was about 30 minutes left, and I'm like, this dude's dead. Yeah. This dude's dead. And then, sure enough, you know, I nailed that one. But then, by, by contrast, I'm watching Unbreakable, which most people figured out, and I was just so enthralled with that film, I didn't even pay attention to any of the subtext oh, wow. about, like, you know, the villains have bigger heads and are the exact opposite of the heroes. Like, he literally spells it out in Unbreakable, yeah. like, literally to your face. But I was so a comic book fan, I was listening to what he was saying more so, like, he's exactly right. Like, I was thinking more like, you know, the Joker's thin and 
lithe and Batman's big and muscular and, you know, relies on his gadgets or, you know, and Lex Luthor's genius and Superman is strong, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't even think about how it related to the film and then in the end I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> you know, so. It's but it's always, glass. yeah, but it's always interesting, like you said, like, you know, to wonder if, you know, you never know if you would have figured it out. Well, I'll just have to. All right, I'm, I'm sure you would have. I'll put, I'm, I I'll think put an addendum have. in my will. There says, you go. If I happen to wake up without memory, put <laughs> the six, six cents, cents in front on of me and see if I'll figure it out. The uh, Devil is on Netflix. Did you ever see that? Because it's no, like I a. Didn't. I think I mentioned on the podcast before. It's uh, Shyamalan. I think he produced it. That's right. I'm not sure if he directed it or not. Maybe he did direct it. I don't remember. No, he didn't. But he produced it. But uh, it's basically six, seven people in an elevator, and one of them's the devil. That's uh, Christina Hendricks' husband. Oh, that, that dude? dude? Yeah, that dude. That lucky motherfucker. Yep, there he is. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. Yep. He married <laughs> up. Yeah, he did. He was Jeez. the little stoner guy in the back of Super Troopers. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. That's the only thing I knew him from. Wow. Yeah, now he's yeah married. There's up. hope for everybody <laughs> out there. But uh, anyway... Uh, you ought to watch Devil. I mean, uh, it's not the greatest movie, but it's like it is like okay, who's the fucking devil? So, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, couple of crazy things about her. <laughs> but anyway, uh, next week uh, I'm anticipating some movie from the '80s will be done because I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know what I'm. I got. I've been watching Scarface, and I mean, I've seen it 50 times, but I like to rewatch stuff before the podcast just to have it as fresh as possible in my head. So uh, most likely Scarface, if I can finish it again. It's on Netflix, but it's like three hours long. Oh, wow. Uh, although I can pretty much quote most of it. I just like, again, to have a fresh viewing of it. Mm. But uh, if not, it'll be some other 80s film. How about that? So, but anyway, uh, let us know some of your... Recommend some TV shows that you think would be easily accessible, like, you know, hey, Trey, watch one ep- watch, you know, a few ep- watch three episodes... And if you don't like it by then, you're not gonna like it. You know, I like those, I like those recommendations better than you gotta watch all of this show. You gotta watch these 200 episodes because it's fantastic. Yeah, like I'm sure it is if I watch that many, but get me into it. Watch um, episode one of the family. That, Tell me that's, that's all one. it took for me. Is that episode one is real? It's a great pilot. And it, um, how long's it been on? I mean, it's oh, it just, just started. started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See. I'm watching an episode of anything. It's something. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Try Sorry. that. But anyway, asiavisit.gmail.com, at AwesomePods on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, drop us a review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing, how our audio is sounding, what we need to improve. We love feedback because that's how we change and evolve and get better or worse because everybody has different fucking opinions in this world and nobody can agree on anything. But regardless, uh, let us know. Uh, don't forget, uh, as part of the Awesome Podcast Network, there are a whole bunch of archives of not only our old episodes, uh, but also plenty of old episodes of Geekly Dose if you ever want to uh, revisit some old geekly debates that they would have on the show. And also Stephen's reviews of some comic books, which were always interesting back in the day. And also, uh, if you like Heroclix, if you want to go back to, you know, an older time of Heroclix, there's always the episodes of Duo yeah. Attack. <laughs> but hey, they, simpler time. hey, I'm sure, I mean, I don't, I don't play anymore, but I'm sure there's still some good tips in there by a former world champion Heroclix player. Uh, and then also, uh, I crumbled up my sheet, so I have to remember them all now. 
<laughs> oh, why don't you know this? The trivia podcast that Jesse did. So if you haven't listened to those already and you don't know the answers to the questions, uh, back in the day, me and Danny would always go to and from Jesse's uh, house when he lived farther away than he does now, yeah, yeah. listening to that and seeing who would have the better score. So that was a lot of fun. But yeah. uh, it took until, a while to produce. Yeah. Like, I remember you telling me that. I, wish I, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, I can see. Yeah. But when you, when you listen to it, it sounds... You're just pulling this out of air, reading these questions right there. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, anyway, everybody, we'll see you next week. And until then, I remain Trey... Oh, uh, uh, don't forget our good friends in Lafayette, who we mentioned we saw his jacket. Mm-hmm. John and James, now where's Nostalgia? They should have some new episodes up by the time you read this. And until next time, I remain <laughs> Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! Bye. This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods. 